I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back into the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I got to tell you, that was Quite a discussion with former President Donald uh, Trump here in Mar-a-Lago. I mean, we covered so much. If you're just joining us right now, you know, we tell you sometimes go back and listen to the uh, the podcast of the show. Um, please do, because we talked to him about uh, what's going on with the border, with Ukraine, uh, our border, of course, and then what's going on with Ukraine and uh, the COVID fight under this administration, how it's gone awry in so many ways. We discussed other possible uh, vice presidential folks that might join him, Clay. I mean, it's just, we covered so much territory. Go back in the podcast and listen to it. Um, it's remarkable. I mean, look, this is a guy who's very much, one thing's for sure, he's still very much in the fight. And, I mean, you want to talk about somebody who I think wants to uh, continue to be a leader of the Republican Party and the GOP, Clay? He's fired up. You can tell. He was phenomenal. And again, I understand people have busy days and you might have missed the first hour. If you did, this is the perfect time for you to go download the podcast and make sure that we had him for the full hour. So the entire first hour of the show today was Donald Trump with us in Mar-a-Lago. And Buck, you know, we have what I think is one of the best jobs in the world. We get to talk to you guys every day for three hours. My wife always says the reason I'm never going to need therapy, I probably need to knock on wood is because I get to say exactly what I think every day for three hours. And that's always been an incredible value. But Buck, in this day and age, when so many people feel like they can't say what they believe and what they think, one, Trump was, for many of those people, uh, one of the vanguards of being able to speak for them. And we like to think that we are as well. As we move up on the midterms, as we start to think about what 2024 might look like, I thought one of the most interesting parts of the conversation, and look, we talked about everything, was him sort of handicapping the Democratic 2024 contenders as to, he said he didn't think Biden's going to run, which I think probably is correct if you consider that Biden will be 82 in 2024. 
doesn't find that Kamala is a very strong candidate, thinks that Hillary is trying to get back into the mix, but doesn't know if she has the energy. There are a lot of people, I think, at the top of the Republican Party who would be viable standard bearers, certainly Trump at the absolute apex of that group. But there's a deep bench of people he could consider as a vice presidential running mate. Uh, we'll see what exactly all of the presidential race looks like. we got to get through the midterms first. But man, he addressed every single subject known to man. He talked a lot uh, on the air and off the air about how much Rush meant to him and how talented he believed Rush was. And uh, he, I mean, he was just phenomenal for that entire hour. And, you know, sometimes you get to do, and Buck, I know you feel this way too, we get to do sometimes things where you pinch yourself and say, hey, this is pretty awesome. Being at Mar-a-Lago for an hour with 45 President Trump himself in his element as he decides what he's going to do going forward in both 22 and 24 is one of those moments where you want to pinch yourself and say, I can't believe we get to do this for a living. I think it was so good that toward the end, you know, yes, we talked about a lot of the problems, the challenges, but you can tell he's also optimistic. Yes. He says we're coming back. He says the country's coming back. People are waking up to what's gone wrong over the last year. There's going to be mobilization. I mean, we're going to be talking about that day in and day out until those votes are cast in the midterms and we can finally start to right the ship. But he he is optimistic, both about the midterms and President Trump, obviously, I think even uh, more optimistic, perhaps, about the next presidential election. With all that, we've got more guests that will be joining us throughout the program down here in Mar-a-Lago. Some special guests who will be with us in person and we've got some news to dive into today, Clay. First thing is, we know that the White House has declared the situation in Ukraine to be an invasion. And you have a, a Biden administration that seems completely incapable of handling something of this magnitude on the world stage. New York Times headline here, sanctions taking shape after Putin orders forces to separatist enclaves. Here's what's really going on. Putin's just figuring out how far he can push us, how much he can get, and really how disjointed the West, meaning Europe and the U.S., is in opposition to him. I thought it was fascinating as well. You notice, even when we tried to speak to former President Trump about Ukraine, his mind turns to our own borders and our own situation. And I think that's a major component of this story. A lot of the American people feel like we've been dragged into so much abroad. We've been forced to deal with other people's problems and you hear Trump, Trump said, we got a lot of problems here at home. Ukraine, yes, diplomacy. We have a big national security apparatus in this country that's supposed to be involved, at least diplomatically, in these things. He's not uh, optimistic about it. And I think this is when people worry, maybe it was a bad idea to put somebody who was cognitively challenged and in decline as the commander-in-chief. Maybe having a vice president who seems more and more like a laughingstock and a national security advisory committee around them of people who seem like they're just a bunch of, uh, you know, bureaucrats. This is not a good moment on the world stage for a Biden administration that can't suffer a whole lot more in terms of uh, drawbacks and failures. Well, this is why you don't want a weak president, whether you're a Democrat, Republican or independent, because that weakness is taken advantage of. And one of our discussion points with President Trump had to deal with his relationship with Vladimir Putin and the fact that Ukraine had been a topic for multi-years of his presidency and he had let Putin know in no uncertain terms you're not to go into Ukraine and I don't think it's a coincidence 
that for four years, despite the Russia, Russia, Russia screaming from the media about how somehow Trump was allied with Putin, Putin did not risk anything with Trump as president. And as soon as Joe Biden got into office, what did he do? He pushed the borders because he doesn't respect uh, the strength of Joe Biden and probably the intellectual fortitude or the ability to be in charge, frankly, of his mental faculties right now. Who's actually running this White House? Trump was running the White House and he knew that there would be consequences if he undertook the action. And that's why having a strong president matters so much. I mean, the other thing that Trump said that I thought was fascinating, Buck, was that China is watching what's happening in Ukraine and he thinks they may well go into Taiwan and try Biden as well, both of those places simultaneously. Here's Biden, just as a little flashback, folks, because you can see the reality now. And and Russia as a Russia became more than a foreign policy issue under Trump because it was part of the soft coup attempt from the Democrat apparatus to come together with whether it was deep state elements in the intelligence community, Democrat aligned media, and of course, Hillary's campaign, the DNC, to create this whole Russia fabrication. Then they had this hysteria around Putin. And so it became a, an applause line among Democrats who honestly know nothing about foreign policy, never mind Russia, to just talk tough about Putin all the time. This was Biden back in 2019 assuring everybody how he was going to stand up to him. Play clip seven. Once again, Putin and the Russians are trying to engage in our elections and decide who the president's going to be. And this time I'm the object there of their attention because Putin knows if I am president of the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand up to him. He's a bully, just like the president. And I know he doesn't want me to be president, but to tell you what, when I'm president, things are going to change. Mr. Putin, the American people decide their elections, not you. What an embarrassment. That's a great, fantastic clip for our crew to have pulled. And we asked Trump about the tweet, essentially saying something similar that Joe Biden put out, which was Putin's afraid of me, essentially. Remember, that's what Biden tried to argue. And frankly, far too many people in the media and the chattering classes were willing to accept that as a reality when the truth is, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Putin does not respect Biden, and all you have to do is look at what he's doing right now in Ukraine as perfect evidence of that fact. It's remarkable how much the reality that Democrats were fed for four years, specifically about Russia and foreign policy. You know, they said that there was going to be a war with North Korea because of Trump. There was going to be uh, you know, nuclear proliferation because of the uh, Trump stepping out of the Iran nuclear deal. And of course, with Russia, they said that he was an agent of Russia, which is this is a this is for crazy people. Essentially, <laughs> this became absurd, but they 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 were clinging to it. But now we see that when you have people, whether it's on covid and mass. And by the way, I, I do want us to take a moment to have the uh, the UK prime minister. We'll come back to that maybe in, in a few minutes here, Clay. They're done with yes. all that stuff in the UK. But people in this country have been brainwashed by the Democrat apparatus on COVID. They were brainwashed on the realities of Russia. Look, Putin's, you know, he's he's a rough dude. There's no question. He's a bad guy. He's a, he's a dictator and he is aggressive and he's a threat to his neighbors. That all said, how do you handle him? I mean, going back to an interview with Trump, he was saying, you want to get along with Russia where you can, how you can, because then you actually have better leverage 
to push back without having to have guns blazing, literally and figuratively. So this is a situation where I think a lot of people are waking up to. They were lied to about Russia, Trump, obviously, for four years, but also the role of Russia on the world stage and whether Biden would be. Who is afraid of Joe Biden? I don't think I don't think anybody's afraid of Joe. I mean, maybe people that are worried he's going to come up behind them and sniff too closely <laughs> to their ear. They might be afraid of Joe Biden. Well, also, you don't know that Biden is even making the decisions inside of his White House, right? I mean, that is one of the biggest challenges, I think, out there. You knew, ultimately, that Trump was the decider in his White House. Whether you agreed or disagreed with that decision, Vladimir Putin had to respect the fact that Trump was the decider. Does anyone out there listening to us right now feel like Joe Biden is the decider in his White House? I don't think that he is. I bet most of you don't think that he is either. And frankly, I'm not sure that he has the cognitive mental strength to even be the decider. And that's only going to get progressively worse the more time he spends in office. We got Boris Johnson, Clay, with a little bit of a victory lap, which makes us think a couple things. One, one of the Democrats going to abandon the remnants of the covid madness to the degree they will i don't think i, I did want to ask uh, former president trump if he'll get rid of the mask mandate on planes but i'm hoping we can get rid of it before oh god if we have to wait till 2024 yeah. i don't know um, how i can make that but let's come back into how it's going with boris johnson and then also updates on the situation in ottawa with police apparently gloating over excessive force against the truckers it, it makes me furious but it's a reminder clay a lot of people who announce their pronouns and drink oat milk lattes will sick the police on you, sick men in boots and batons on you as fast as they can if you don't do what they say. The weaker sometimes you are, the more you feel the need to express your strength. And I think that's a great example of what Justin Trudeau is doing right now to the Canadian truckers. Once upon a time, if you were dealing with chronic pain, you had very few options on how to remedy it. And most often, it included visits to the doctor's office and prescription medicine. But here we are today with something as successful in treating chronic pain as Relief Factor. This product, created by doctors, perfected over 15 years of scientific research, Relief Factor, 100% drug-free product made for you. Three-week quick start pack right now. You take Relief Factor three times a day breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three weeks, and you'll know it, if it works for you or not. $19.99 price tag. This is an incredibly affordable opportunity for you to try it out. Remember, 70% of the people that try Relief Factor go on to order more. In fact, Deborah Ann in Massachusetts, big fan, when she wrote a note about it four days into the three-week quick start, her hip pain was gone. She had a horrible time sleeping because of that pain, and this made her life much, much better. She loves how she's feeling today. Maybe you can join her. Why not try it out? Small cost, $19.95. Over a half million people have ordered the three-week quick start. You can go to relieffactor.com right now. Call 800 for relief 1995 three-week quick start developed specifically for you. Relieffactor.com, 800, the number for relief, relief factor. Feel the difference. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. 
That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are live at Mar-a-Lago. 45 himself, President Trump, spent the entire first hour of the show with us. Uh, he was fabulous. If you were just now starting off hanging out with us on the show, this is a great opportunity for you to go download the podcast. Make sure that you don't miss a moment of that interview. Uh, but good news, at least around the world, Boris Johnson has made the decision to end all COVID restrictions in his country, even as our own CDC continues to hamstring many of us when it comes to returning to normalcy. Let me go ahead right now, if we can, let's listen to the Prime Minister of England, Boris Johnson, announce all remaining COVID rules are now ended in England. First, we will remove all remaining domestic restrictions in law. From, from this Thursday, 24th of February, we will end the legal requirement to self-isolate following a positive test. We will end routine contact tracing. Until the 1st of April, we will still advise people who test positive to stay at home. But after that, we will encourage people with COVID-19 symptoms to exercise personal responsibility. Just as we encourage people who may have flu to be considerate to others. That is exactly what we have been saying for on a this long show time. for a very long time. 
No one has said here, nor would we ever, that COVID is not obviously very dangerous to some people, that it hasn't, unfortunately, taken a lot of life in this country and around the world. It's a question of how do we best reasonably deal with it? And the same way that when you have the flu, you have people who are at higher risk. They should get the shot. It makes sense for them to get the shot. If you are sick, stay away from people. But they're they're pulling away in the UK, Clay, all this other stuff, the masking, the I mean contact tracing. People who told you for everyone out there, okay, you're with me on this, right? It, if someone said contact tracing was a good idea, they either didn't think it through or weren't very bright, or had no idea what the actual numbers of maybe COVID both, case, probably both. <laughs> and this was a government policy, obviously pushed by libs and Democrats all over the country. Contact tracing was absurd. Dr. Marty McCary, our friend on the sane side of things, making a lot of sense about natural immunity. Let's play that clip. They've been cherry picking science from the beginning. That's been obvious. The only study they released on natural immunity during the pandemic up to a few weeks ago was a window of two months in the state of Kentucky. Even though they have data from all 50 states, they were trying to prove a preset hypothesis to advance a political agenda. And this is the first time ever we've seen science weaponized as political propaganda. It's ironic that you can have antibodies that circulate and neutralize COVID, but they are antibodies the government does not recognize because they don't want to recognize it. And now we've learned from other countries that that's, those antibodies are better. I mean, he's, he's, the guy's a hero. Can I, I mean, I, we don't use that word a lot around here, but um, Dr. Marty McCary is willing to speak truth with all the risks that has come during COVID. Very few MDs have, Clay. As no doubt. And not only has he been willing to speak the truth, even in the face of much negativity, also Glenn Youngkin, who is going to be our guest, I believe, tomorrow at 2.30 Eastern, the newly elected governor of Virginia, has selected Dr. Marty McCary, uh, McCary as his primary COVID advisor. So Dr. McCary is at Johns Hopkins, just up the road in the Baltimore area, and he now is the primary advisor of the state of Virginia. Worth noting, when it comes to data in Virginia, since the decision has been made to allow parents to make their own choice as to whether or not their kids wear masks, the overall rate of COVID infection for young children has declined by over 70%. So that is pretty extraordinary to think about when everybody out there, who particularly in Northern Virginia, the Arlington, the Fairfax County area, Loudoun County, where we have talked about this debate, it has been a battle royale. Uh, I want to tell you, Hillsdale College prides their reputation as the premier college when it comes to both providing a classical liberal arts curriculum and being the ultimate champion of our nation's constitution. No other college we know of requires you to take a full semester course on the Constitution as a requirement for graduation. And it's actually a student favorite because Hillsdale's professors make it so interesting. That's the key to really to learning and understanding because they are bringing the Constitution to life for their students. And right now, you can get a free pocket-sized Constitution at clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. Everybody should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, the two founding documents that established the freest and most prosperous nation in history. That's why you can go online, easily register to receive your copy. Go to clayandbuck.com. Welcome back into the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show, everybody. We had President Trump on for the first hour of the program. If you missed it, the iHeartRadio app allows you. It's free. Download it. allows you to listen to Clay and Buck podcast. And you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. 
please go check it out. We had a great conversation with them, and we're down here in Mar-a-Lago, and it, it is kind of like Palm Beach meets Versailles, Clay. This place is, is remarkable. I'd never been down here before. Uh, you had not either, no. so we're getting our first uh, experience in here. There was a very large iguana that just ran by <laughs> the door, by the way. So we're getting the full experience down here uh, in Florida. Um, we're going to be talking to Herschel Walker later on the program. Correct? I think we, we are we scheduled so. to be joined by him. It's it's a little bit of a uh, they're doing a bunch of events here at Mar-a-Lago today. So I think people are ducking in and out of meetings all throughout the day. So I think we're going to have Herschel Walker, Senate candidate from uh, the state of Georgia, going up against uh, and, and a man uh, who yeah. I've heard was very good at, at the football. back yes, in the Very day. good at the football back in the day. Reverend Raphael Warnock. That could be in Georgia. Maybe the best opportunity the Republicans have to flip yeah. a seat from it, Democrats. I just want to be very clear because we know we we're just speaking to President Trump before and he had some optimism about how we're going to do the midterms. We are going to make it our mission on this show to do everything we can to bring forward the best arguments and the best voices for this country to absolutely crush. I think the word Clay's uses is, is annihilation of the Democrats. Uh, I, I would say red wave, how, however, whatever analogy, whatever phrase you want to use we got to have a big win um and i think people also are seeing right now uh as the covid theatrics become too absurd that if you allow democrats to get away with staying in power we're going to continue to suffer we're going to have problems in this country they're certainly having problems up north in canada clay this really uh, this was really upsetting this story uh, up on the daily mail and i gotta say daily mail is a british owned and british run website that happens to do a lot of great news gathering about what's going on here in america and in this case in canada but this was really troubling stuff um just watch that horse video that is awesome ottawa cops gloating text after peaceful freedom convoy protesters were trampled by a police horse including a grandmother on a mobility scooter and were beaten up by officers police forces in canada are coming under scrutiny for their excessive violence with peaceful freedom convoy protesters in ottawa that's all from the headline here trudeau really did call in the uh the men with with truncheons to break what was a peaceful protest and what's troubling is not only the way that they seized bank accounts of people and were engaged in what are clearly tyrannical practices clay which we talked about democrats Support this in this country. They see what goes on in Canada, and a majority of them, a strong majority of them, I think about 65, 70% say that's great. Do that. And in Canada, the parliament just voted to support this declaration of emergency. Not, I mean, the conservatives went against it, but they did get a majority. I mean, what, I just want to ask, what is wrong with these people? Well, and this is where I always come back to ultimately, you have to stand on principle and precedent because the, uh, Sooner or later, whatever political beliefs you have, you are likely to be in a minority position like the Republicans are right now. They don't have the White House, don't have the Senate, don't have the House. Whatever you cheer for the majority to do, the minority at some point is going to be back in control and they might well follow the precedent that you put in place of stifling your ability to share your opinions. And I think it's important to note here, this was not a mostly peaceful protest in Canada. This was an entirely peaceful protest. That's right. These people were not in any way threatening, behaving violently, 
any kind of danger at all. And Trudeau had two options, Buck. He could do, let's be honest, what the Democratic governors are doing right now. They are claiming, they are claiming that COVID numbers are down enough because of their mask mandates and because of their vaccine mandates that they no longer need to enforce them as rigorously as they have been. That's a lie because you can look at the Republican states that never implemented these policies and they also have had COVID cases plummet. But at least they're recognizing that they need to remove these restrictions, even though it's occurring far more slowly than it should be. That's not what Trudeau did. He could have easily said to these protesters, first of all, he could have met with them, like he met with the BLM protesters when he kneeled. He could have come out and said, you know what? You're right. Over time, we are going to dial back all these COVID restrictions because all they were asking for was normalcy. Instead, through jackbooted thuggery, he decided to rain down the full power of the state on peaceful protesters. You may be cheering for it now if you're a Democrat because you disagree with these Canadian truckers. But at some point in time, the proverbial shoe will be on the other foot. And the precedent that is being set of we can use power to curtail anybody who disagrees with us is not one that anybody in a democratic society, in my opinion, should be endorsing. Clay, I'm hoping that as people see what awaits them if they speak out against a supposedly liberal, I think that's the exactly incorrect term, but a supposedly liberal uh, government with Justin Trudeau, be behind every smiling announce his or her pronouns, you know, we all need to come together and talking about social justice lib is somebody who the moment you say, hold on a second, I have rights, there's a constitution, there's something that the state does not give me, but actually God has granted to me, they say, shut up, peasant, or we'll send our men with batons and guns after you. That it's, I know it, it can feel a little bit like, wait a second, but that's so... No, people who believe that the government, that the state can fix all problems and should fix all problems also believe the state should effectively be all-powerful. And the moment that you... And really, it's the state in place of God for them. And the moment you rattle that belief, as happened in Canada, I mean, the fact that we have... Think about this, Clay. If there was a... I mean, we have to point this out to people, and you did an, uh, an excellent job of this last week as soon as the uh, protests were being broken up on Friday. Imagine we are in the, the, we're in the summer of 2020, and you have BLM, and which were far often, more used, often used as a platform for actual riots, violence against police officers, but just put that aside for a second. Imagine that there were peaceful protests, too, as a component of that movement, uh, but that's a whole other conversation. Imagine that someone in BLM was trampled by a police horse. Imagine a, a grandmother at a BLM protest was on a mobility scooter, was trampled by police horses on video at a BLM rally, and there's video of cops gloating and laughing about it. We would be told that the country was in a national racist crisis. There would be more riots, of course, from BLM than there even were. Um, and yet with this one, you see... Even Democrats in this country, they've done polling on it, watching on and saying, yeah, that seems about right. Forget about free speech. Forget about redress of grievances to the government. I know it's Canada, folks, but it's a mirror image of what's going on here in so many ways. No doubt. And also imagine that the expansion to shut down the protest had not just included the 
you know, the display of force that was brought to bear by Justin Trudeau, but also that they shut down bank accounts, that they shut down the ability of Americans to donate to BLM and that they did that under the guise of trying to protect the country from terrorism. It would have been a five alarm fire all over this country with people arguing that this was a tremendous step towards authoritarianism. It happened in Canada and the Democratic Party in this country, Democrats cheered. That precedent is an awful one. And as uh, Mitch McConnell said, when they changed the filibuster rules, you have to be careful about precedents because sooner, sooner or later, they are going to circle back around and bite you in the ass. And I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say that. But that's the incredible danger of the precedent that's being set right now in Canada. When it comes to men's underwear, Tommy John may well be the undisputed champion in comfort and design. When you're wearing Tommy John underwear, you're that much more comfortable so you can do everything better. With dozens of comfort innovations, once you've tried Tommy John underwear, you're never going back. One of their innovations for men is the Tommy John hammock pouch. It's designed with an air-fresh interior hammock for moisture-wicking fabric that has four times the stretch of competing brands. Plus, the legs never ride up, and Tommy John underwear comes with a non-rolling waistband for the perfect fit. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. I'm one. Clay's one. We love Tommy John products. Over 17 million pairs sold. Men and women across America love their Tommy John. Shipping and returns are free because every pair is backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash buck. That's TommyJohn.com slash buck for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash buck. See site for details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, rolling through the Tuesday edition of the program from down at Mar-a-Lago. President Trump was with us in the first hour. We're going to have a couple of more guests here from Mar-a-Lago in the third hour, potentially a couple of Senate candidates. As you can well imagine, there are many different things going on here uh, in this venue on a day-to-day basis. So one of the fun things about doing live radio in unique environments, Buck, is any point we may have some cool guests uh, swinging by, but we already had probably the biggest guest in all of American politics right now, uh, Donald Trump, in the first hour. And he said an awful lot of uh, really intriguing things about where he's headed in the future. Clay, when is your birthday? April the 6th. I'll coming be 40, up. Th- 43 years old. Coming up. I'm thinking, so obviously we're going to have to, now all the audience will mark that on their calendars and they'll be sending you all kinds of fun stuff. But I'm thinking about it because there's a, a birthday of sorts or an anniversary, a better way of putting it. W-O-R-N-Y-C, our affiliate in New York City, is 100. It is their 100th That's pretty amazing. anniversary. 100 years so I just want to say thank you to WOR for carrying our show. You also, of course, know we've got uh, Lena Michael in the morning over there. Mark Simone, the great Marks. I love Mark Simone's a buddy of mine, great guy. Obviously, the one and only Sean Hannity, and uh, then Jesse Kelly on in the evenings there. So it's a great lineup. But a hundred, a hundred years on think, WOR. Would you think that there's hardly any radio co- uh, stations in the country that are actually a hundred years old? I mean, I mean that's remarkable. That. I mean, there there were definitely people like you're going back to like the night nineteen twenty two. You're going back to people rolling around and you know a horse and a, and a buggy. Yes. I think right. I mean, that's the yeah. It's a pretty extraordinary uh, thing. So mm-hmm. congratulations, to those guys, and we appreciate all of you listening. In the New York area. Buck, are you nervous about going back to New York after having gotten to spend so much time in this beautiful Florida weather? And by the way, we're going to be, you're going down to CPAC here in a yes, few days. I uh, will be at CPAC Saturday. Well, really Sunday, folks will see me there, but I'll be there Saturday afternoon trying to mill about. And it's always great to see other, there's there's two parts of CPAC that's a lot of fun. Uh, one is you get to see so many of the people who you're doing, who we do all this content for. You know, Clay's Clay's a busy man. He's got a family, so he'll go next year. But I'm carrying the flag for Clay and Buck's show this year at CPAC. And uh, you get to see the folks you do all this for. And we do appreciate each and every one of you so much, honestly. It's humbling. And we were out to dinner last night here in Florida. A couple of very nice ladies, they, they, they were doing the... They were Googling photos of us. Yes. And then they said, excuse me, sir, are you? And they showed us the photos, and sure enough, and I was like, yes, Clay is even handsomer in Did person. Did they have the old, awful photo of us, or was this a new or better photo? It was, I didn't a, decent, see- it was a decent photo. Well, we had a it, new photo shoot it, it, uh, several months ago, but the initial photos when they launched our show were, I think, probably it, the least flattering photos that have ever been It was been not taken. the disastrous photo with the obviously fantastic in all photos, Tommy Laren, so that was particularly oh, rough for us. Photo because Tommy looks amazing in all of her photos, and then there was Clay and Buck looking like we had just rolled out of a pie-eating contest and didn't have time to comb our hair. But no, no, they showed us the better photo. But we, we just, 
Well, you know, we're at that stage, uh, you know, folks, um, every single time, every single one of you comes up and says, you guys are doing a good job and Rush would be proud. It means it means a lot to us because we're here because of uh, because of Rush, obviously. Um, but I, I got I got to just what were we talking about? Oh, Florida. You you brought up what it's like to be here in Florida. Oh, CPAC. I'll be at CPAC uh, in Orlando uh, on Sunday. So if you see me, please do come over and say hi. And I promise I'll pass along to Clay. And if, if you say something clever about sports, I will try to get right. <laughs> if you want to talk smack about the Titans or something, you know, I'll try to pass the message along to Clay. Uh, but the other thing then is when you're down here, I actually said this to a, to a friend of mine today. Um, every time I walk into a restaurant, every time I walk into a coffee shop, whatever, it, I have that reach for the vaccine passport, reach for the mask impulse and it drives me in, you know, I feel you have like to do it in New York all the time. I, I feel like a lab rat that has been conditioned by New York City because, look, I hate it. But if you if you non comply, they will arrest you. I yes. mean, they actually will show up with handcuffs. So and you walk around Florida, you're like, everyone here is living a free life. How can anyone think that New York isn't out of its mind still? And what's so fascinating about the state of Florida and we've spent a lot of time down here uh and uh, obviously, Governor Ron DeSantis has been a big part of this in terms of his impact in leading this state differently than many other states. But if you you were talking about this last night, Buck, and I think it's true, and I think we were talking about it off the air, given the fact that obviously President Trump is here at Mar-a-Lago, you've got Ron DeSantis. Florida has gone from a state that used to be a coin flip in the presidential election politics to what I think is now arguably the home base of the Republican Party in this country. If you had to point to one state right now and say, where is the heartbeat of the Republican Party? Diverse community, obviously huge Latino community that is moving in massive numbers to the Republican Party, the governor, the president. This is the state that is now, of all the states, I would argue, the home base of the Republican Party. We'll have to see what happens over in Texas. Uh, my friend Alan West is running for governor over there, who is a solid conservative. There's obviously Governor Abbott, who will be uh, running for re-election. Beto's going to get crushed. Well, I think well, we're quite confident of that. I mean, I, I think we know Beto is going to get crushed, but he'll give, like, a breathy speech <laughs> about how he will, like, totally take your AR-15s. And he's, like, not even going to apologize for it. He's just... He's going to take all By of the your way, guns. He's apologizing now for saying <laughs> that he was going to take all true. the guns. He's, 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 everywhere he goes now, he's saying, hey, remember when I ran for president and I said I was going to take all your guns? Yeah, I didn't actually mean it. Now I want to be governor and you get to keep your guns. Clay's which is totally right. I change everything I say based upon however it will get me on TV. Which is a perfect approximation of how untrustworthy that guy I, is. I, I want Sometimes I just want these people back so that we can actually have them saying crazy things and we can make fun of them you know I mean, this is the thing about some democrat politicians you don't really you know you don't really want them going away necessarily because you want the ones that are at least interesting to make fun of and talk about all right this i promise you is not a beer if you just heard mm. that pop here that is a black rifle coffee we're coming up on the final hour of the show here tuesday edition from mar-a-lago black rifle coffee is incredible you might need a little bit of a pick-me-up in your day right now we want you to support Black Rifle Coffee because they are fighting for the things that you care about. You can go to BlackRifleCoffee.com right now. Use the code Clay and Buck. No spaces between the three words, Clay and Buck, to get 20% off at checkout on your purchase. 
That is BlackRifleCoffee.com. I'm drinking the Mocha Cold Brew version right now. I promise you're going to love it. Use the code Clay and Buck. That's all one word to get 20% off. BlackRifleCoffee.com. Do it today. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 